Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 49th episode of the Meepo Dungeon Podcast. As always, I am Rob. And I am Anna Marie, and this episode is sponsored by Meeples and Milkshakes. Visit the men's store at 130 Westminster Avenue West, Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Yes, so meeples.ca, we should bring that up right now because we are in the midst of the Black Friday weekend and they have a sale going on at meeples.ca and in store. They had, uh, so starting on Black Friday and ending tomorrow, which is when most people are going to be listening to this because we're recording this on Sunday the 27th. 27th. And their sale goes until sometime on Monday the 28th. So by by the time you're listening to this, it might be over or <laughs> you might be able to sneak in there. But they had some great sales. We picked up a whole bunch of stuff um, from their Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals. So yeah. yeah, you should go check that out if you haven't at meeples.ca. So uh, on that note, one of the games we did get from that sale yeah. was this one right beside me. And it's called Fire in the Sky. And this is designed by Tetsuya Nakamura. And published by Phalanx and uh, several others. Uh, what other ones was there? Game Journal and Multiman Publishing and Phalanx. And this game is a full-blown war game, which we don't really have. No. No. So this one is right in that actual war game category, like super intricate, um, throwing your units out and, you know, like running oil to them so that you can keep them fueled so that they don't yeah. just sit out there and get, um, as they say on, the, I think they said somewhere on here that they're sitting ducks in the middle of the Pacific ocean yeah. and whatnot. And this one is, is, um, a straight up, uh, reenactment of, well, what does it say right here? Fire in the sky is a two player st- strategic level game of the Pacific war covering the entire conflict between the empire of Japan and the Western allies. From the Japanese surprise attack on Pearl Harbor to the days when American atomic bombs were dropped in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. So this one, just judging by the board, it takes place like right over the water. So this is like dogfights and battleships and so forth going on. And I don't know a ton about war games. So this is like... It's going to be interesting for for our first, you know... full-blown... Foray into into war games. So this should be... um, got a good theme around it anyway yeah, so I love, the theme. I love the the war in the pacific is super interesting and yeah it, you know you've got it's got the islands and it's got everything but this is this is like yeah I, I don't really know i don't know how these work um per se like I, yeah. I know generally what you're doing but i know that these are very very intricate and it says that this one's just a two-player and it's about an hour long yeah and um yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, this one was first published in 99. Mm-hmm. And this is the, um, I don't know what version or how many versions there's been, but this one was particularly uh, published in, in 21. So Yes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think about it. It was, uh, it was a good deal, and I thought, hey, why not? And we'll see how it goes. I don't know when we'll be playing this. Probably not anytime too soon. Uh, because we still have a giant stack of stuff that we need to get through uh, yeah. before the end of this year, as far as things that we were hoping to cover on uh, this podcast. So that's probably not going to be one of them. That one, <laughs> that one's probably going to be one that we have off to the side that we kind of dabble in now and then. Yeah. Um, and I'll talk about it down the road. But still but... pretty stoked to get it. That's one oh, that yeah. I actually, um, it came on pre-order at Meeples and I... Yeah. I remember looking at it and saying, ah, oh, this is one I should get for you because I thought you would like it. And yeah. we looked at it and then it kept coming up and it kept coming up. So when it was there today, or not today, but when we yeah, when we got it, here. it was yeah. just time to pull the trigger on that one. Yeah, it looks fun. Don't know when we'll play it, but we will talk about it on here eventually. Mm-hmm. We'll have a, our first war game episode yeah. <laughs> to talk about, which is crazy because like I have next to zero experience with it which means you have absolutely zero experience zero yeah so it'll be an interesting thing to talk about a war game a full-blown war game with the two of us that have no experience in playing yeah it'll be an interesting review so Mm -hmm. we'll keep you posted on that but we did get another game so this one is one that we pre-ordered uh wasn't actually part of the yeah uh the sale this is one we've talked about during the sale yes which was good timing uh, we talked about this um, on a previous episode as a Kickstarter. Yes. And um, one that I really wanted to get because um, this was a video game that yep. you played a yes. lot of multiple times. Yep. And I enjoyed watching it and I thought it was great, but I'm not 
a good video gamer. Like I'm just my. No, it's not your thing. I love. I like watching it. I wish I could play it. I just. I can't. I get you're, lost. You're, you're into the, um, like Mario Party. Yeah, I can do that like fun that. stuff. <laughs> but, um, but this game is the Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim, the adventure game. Yep. And this one, um, I apologize in advance. Designed by Javier. Angaris Cabarasi, Juan Eschenique, Stefano Guerrero, and Rob Harris. I know I nailed the last yep. one. <laughs> um, published by Modifius Entertainment and Bethesda. Yeah, Skyrim, the board game. This is one that <laughs> you were really wanting to get. And we didn't back. We didn't back because, and I totally understand why, because R- Robbie had said that he... Every time we would go to play this board game, if we purchased it, he would just, he just knows he would rather be playing the video game. (laughs) Overall, yes. But um, it came out in pre-order and he um, surprised me with it, letting me know that he pre-ordered it. Yes, so we got the the core box because the Kickstarter was the huge core box and the million expansions and all that stuff. So if this game is something that you really like and like we play like the heck out of it and you want to get expansion sure, stuff, we could find sure, them, but we'll I think go and look for them. This will be good. This will give me the the taste that I want of it, and I think yeah. it's awesome because it's very similar in the sense, or so I've heard. Right, you're you're choosing your character, you're creating yeah, yeah. your character, you're yeah. you're building them from head to toe. Mm-hmm. You're um, throughout the game, you can level them up. Um, it's oh, yeah. a cooperative game, one to four players. Yeah, that, I think that's what intrigued me the most into like maybe like this is worth trying is that it is a co-op game you're which not just is, playing by yourself yeah which is strange i suppose i don't know how what to think about it. i guess mm-hmm. that we're both just going to be different characters working towards the same goal probably whereas in skyrim you're just doing your own thing by yourself right and yeah just, but so the, i don't know having two characters go side by side is going to be interesting I don't, yeah. I don't know what to think about it but i it's going to be great i know it's going to be fun yeah but yeah, it's, I do love that video game. Yeah, for sure. It's <laughs> yeah. it's open world. Um, there's side quests. Yeah, as there's far like as I know, dungeon it's supposed crawly to stuff. There's translate yeah. video game right to the board. Is yeah, so what I've heard so. I'm excited to play. I think it's going to be awesome. I was very happy when uh, <laughs> when he told me he got it, and yeah. I'm very happy to see it come in. So it does look cool. I yeah, this is probably one we we might get to here because this is a 2022. So it'd yeah, be nice sooner to play rather this. than later, yeah. depending. Uh, what what. How long does it say the campaign is? Is it like 40 hours or something? It's long. There, yeah, yeah I've got it up here. Um, but it's they said that it is six, um, like six chapters, I think. Um, let's see. Either way, we it's might divided. Take a stab at it. Yeah, the base game is divided into two campaigns of three chapters each. So six chapters in total. Sure. Um, and then again, it's like your choices determine what happens. Yeah. But they've. You can also just pick up and play a chapter. That's it doesn't have to be in order. It could be just a standalone once and done game. But I think it's a sixty to nope ninety two hundred and eighty minutes yeah. probably per sit down of it. Yeah, that's not going to be the whole thing. That's probably like I would assume per chapter. Yeah, I would assume that's yes, and, and it's then, so like we might be able to play through a couple or something and yeah. then review it without finishing the entire uh, yeah game. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. It's also a completely like resettable game. So like you could start with yep. this character, build them up. You could go down and then, you know, finish that. And then you could restart with a completely different character, make different choices, have a totally different game. Mm-hmm. Like, so that's, yeah. and that makes sense with Skyrim too. It, it's totally different, right? You go down yeah, you can just different go paths, be different go. characters, that's... build them up with different, you know, this guy's good in archery. This one's good in, in, uh, you know swordsmanship whatever so yeah melee it'll be cool i'm excited to play it i i think this is one we will get to before the end of the year i'm hoping maybe even during our christmas break might be able to put it out and play for like half a day you know yeah and play two three scenarios or whatever and 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 then talk about it somewhere before the end of the year would be great you can get the kids excited to play skyrim yeah (laughs) honestly i think they'll want to play not yet though a few years (laughs) well i think one of them probably could play it by now but um Yeah, no, Skyrim, adventure board game from Modifius and Bethesda should be pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. So that's our new to the collection. And this is a great segue to head on over to our crowdfunding segment. (laughs) 
here we are at our crowdfunding segment of the episode. And why did I say that this was going to be a great segue into this segment? It's because the game that we are taking a look at here in our crowdfunding segment <laughs> is a game very similar to the game we were just talking about, Skyrim, where this one is Elden Ring. Another video game. Another, Well, yeah, not <laughs> just a video game, but like a video game that's very similar in style yes. to uh, Skyrim, where it's a like a crazy like dark fantasy open world open again. world game yeah. so okay yeah we're talking about elden ring the board game currently on kickstarter and this is only on kickstarter for four more days this as of this recording it was really only a 10 day short campaign. quick campaign, day campaign yeah yeah so elden ring for people that might not know i think most people in around gaming of any sort have heard of elden ring in one fashion or another and it's a game that came out this year in 2022 uh, for the major consoles, Xbox, PlayStation, and whatnot. And it is a game based off of the Demon Souls, Dark Souls uh, games, where th those are games that were designed to be extremely hard to play. Um, and the video games are notoriously difficult to play, where it's just, for people like me, it's just, like, I can't even finish them. So is it just the game system that was modeled after it? It's Well, it's the, it's the same company. Yeah, like, but it's a different, totally different story, right? Oh, like yes. it's not Completely not characters that story. are no, no, together. No. Like it's totally separate. It's IP, just but... made off of the uh, the gameplay, yeah. like the okay. engine, I yeah. guess, of of the Dark Souls yeah. games. There was Dark, there's Demon Souls, and there was Dark Souls one, two, and three, and they're just ridiculously hard games to play. Yeah. Um, and then they came out with Elden Ring, the video game. And this one was yet, again, based off of how those games worked. But it was their first game that wasn't linear and it was open world, uh, which allowed you to kind of make your own decisions on how you wanted to play the game. Whereas the other ones forced you to move through certain areas gotcha. at certain times. And I constantly got slaughtered in those games. <laughs> Slightly frustrated, I, if I had to yes. hazard a guess. And I just simply couldn't finish them. I just couldn't do it. I just got yeah. too angry and I couldn't do it. And I just couldn't do it. This isn't supposed to be this hard. Yeah, but then Elden Ring fun. was um, designed for more for people like me that wanted to be able to try to figure out, you know, things for myself and like take my time and move through. Enjoy the story. Enjoy the story and uh, upgrade my character and like, like not force me to fight a boss when I... I'm no, I'm not ready to fight yeah. the boss sort of thing. And yeah, it's a fantastic game. And the, the, the story of it is that there was this ring called the Elden ring and it was shattered into pieces. And then there's these, um, dead warriors that are, or, yeah, kind of warriors that were called the tarnished and they're raised from the dead to basically, um, help find the shards of this ring and, and put it back together as I have been, uh, speculating i guess yeah. so i have not finished the game i'm not even close to finishing the game but it's a lot of fun and it's a lot easier to play than <laughs> the dark souls enjoyment. and demon soul games yeah. but yeah here we are with a board game version of it and it looks amazing it's it's like mini crazy like just <laughs> really 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 good um so yeah, this one's got, let's see here. It says, it's yeah, open world dungeon hybrid game. It's got a quick setup for it, which is, I like to hear that. Yeah. Uh, diceless combat. So probably in the, well, to be honest, it's going to be in the same realm as the Dark Souls games that we already have one of, where I kind of know the system a little bit, but so I'm guessing it'll be very similar to the Dark Souls game. Which you really liked. Talking about. You liked that system, right? I did. Yeah, it's one of the really only games did. I've ever enjoyed playing solo. Yeah. And right. um, also, I'm thinking it's probably going to have a bit of a Gloomhaven y uh, thing going on. Uh, and then, yeah, deep character customization, unique battles, uh, play solo or co op. So here's another co op game. Uh, 90 hour replayable campaign. So, yeah. Pretty awesome, right? So let's take a look at kind of a few things it says here about the game. It's got a, a section here kind of explaining a few things. So it says, um, you return to the world tarnished in the, so they refer to your character as these as tarnished. Right. Um, uh, in this cooperative exploration board game of strategic combat set in the decaying lands between that's again, the, that's what they call the general world that you're kind of living in is the, the lands between 
Danger and discovery lurk around every corner from lowly Godric soldiers to the grafted king himself. So the grafted king is kind of the first major boss that you fight in the video game. And I think the core box is uh, centered him. around getting to his keep and oh, fighting. Oh, interesting. Him. Yeah, so that's what these games are is it's like boss fights. That's what these games are. All the Dark Souls, Demon Souls, yeah. and Elden Ring is boss fights, but it's what you do in between that... Uh, builds your character. Yeah, builds your character yeah. and you, and you progresses do the story. The story yeah. um, but yeah, these are boss fights, boss fights, boss fights. So usually there's like just a whole bunch of minions like it's saying and then kind of like mid-tier kind of bosses in a certain kind of area and then one big boss at the yeah. end. And then you, you do that several times through the game. And it says, uh, yeah, build your overworld map as you explore Limgrave. So, okay, so Limgrave is also like uh, the world. So like part, the country, I think. Okay. Um, gathering precious resources and engaging in NPCs, discover new locations and uncover fragments of uh, emergent narrative. Customize the build of your tarnished and piece together your story in an epic campaign of evolving quests and side quests. Mm -hmm. So it's everything I'm kind of love about board games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the theme you already love in the video yes. game. <laughs> yeah and you wanted to talk about the artwork i did i think that um i mean i'm very curious to see what the artwork is going to look like what is going to come through like mm -hmm. in the game because the graphics in that game are stunning it's crazy right from the beginning with that there's the, the like, trees the trees there's the golden, golden trees oh it was just gorgeous yeah. and you know like with those types of graphics i I can imagine that they've been, they're going to have a really gorgeous um, artwork, whether it's on the cards or however it comes out in the game. I think uh, I'm excited to see what that's going to look like. Yes. And so some people are probably going to be like trying to call me out on. So why would you not back Skyrim <laughs> when you would want to back? Oh, but you would want to back Elden Ring. And fair, I'll tell you point. why. Yeah. I'll tell you why before you ask that question. Skyrim is an easy game to play. It's got easy difficulties. If you want to, you can go on super easy mode and you can just go through mowing down your enemies and just having fun, just purely doing the story. Whereas this game, even though it's not as difficult as the other ones, Elden Ring is still a very difficult game to play and it's going to take me ages to beat it. Yeah. I'm going to, but it's going to take me ages where I could, I know I could sit down with Skyrim in like a week of like playing a couple hours at night, I could probably get my way through the, uh, the main story and yeah. beat the game. Whereas that this is like still not yeah. as hard as the other ones, but still no easy game. So I know that this one is going to take me a long time to do. Yeah. And it's not something that I'm going to like just breeze my way through. Yeah. And whereas Skyrim was that, but you've also played Skyrim multiple times just because you love it so much. Like I, I, do, I feel I love that it. that's that's a um, when you can play a game multiple times, like a video game, and go through it like that. It's a testament to how much fun you're <laughs> having and how much you like it. And not that you won't have that much fun with Elden Ring, but that it's not as easy. So it's going to be it's not going to take gonna you a lot longer. Like yeah. and there has been points already in Elden Ring. Mind you, I've played Elden Ring a lot longer than I played. Dark Souls and Demon Souls because yeah. I just got furious with this game. <laughs> but this one I've got, I've, you know, I'm working my way through it, but it's like I still do get yeah. my butt kicked. And it's like, okay, I got to put this down. And I'm just going to walk away from this game for a little while. <laughs> Still so playing a, a board weeks, game. Right. And then, yeah, where it's It'll like the board game, I think you can you can get through, right? You're playing cards yeah. and you're, you don't have to rely on your like your actual physical thumbs yeah. <laughs> pressing the right button at the exact right time to, and... to do this, right? Yeah, exactly. Where it's, this, the board game, I think, will just lend really well to yeah. this theme on a board, I think will just be awesome because yes. you don't feel that pressure. Yeah. Whereas in this these games, you feel it. Yeah. And um, so I think that's why I'd be more <laughs> enticed to I like get that the you were proactive about being called out. Yes. <laughs> Because I feel like somebody will call me out on that. Um, but it does. It looks great. And that's for that reason. I just think it will lend really well. It'll take yeah. away all that difficulty. I mean, there's still going to be difficulty in the yes. board game. But let's be honest. If, then even if the board game starts to beat you up, you can just be like, ah, we passed that. Let's yeah. move on, right? You can do that. But you yes. can't do that in a video in a game. Video game right? yes. You have to physically beat it. Yeah. So 
I think it's going to be great. Yeah. So let's talk just quickly about what are the pledge levels for this one? Um, we have an entry level pledge. Uh, what is it? Oh, We're in it's pounds. Upside down. It's upside down. What do we have? We have three. I think it's three. Why is that in the middle? Either way, there's an entry level <laughs> pledge, and it's seventy five euros, which is roughly a hundred and twenty dollars Canadian, and that gets you the Weeping Peninsula standalone expansion. That's kind of weird. Hmm. I don't know what that means. It doesn't have the core box? Has to. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know what that is. That's kind of weird. So, okay, regardless, here's a core pledge. And this is the one that I backed because it feels like it's right in the right area of bang for buck. Okay. Um, so the core pledge is 152 euros, which was about $240 Oof. Canadian. Which is a lot. Don't get me wrong. That's a game. I, I get it, though. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It's a lot of money, but it does come with a lot of stuff. It does come with the Realm of the Grafted King core box, which has got a ton of stuff in it. Yeah. And then it's got the Iron Fist Alexander live Kickstarter only. Um, and all daily unlocks worth $100 plus and $86 discount on the MSRP. So this is... Seems to be like your best bang for your buck because the next level up is the all in, <laughs> which is 364 Oof. euros for like it's about 600 and something Canadian dollars. Jeez, where it's got all the things I mentioned plus uh, several expansions, but I just don't feel we're going to need those expansions. Yeah. And we're probably not going to play them. But if down the road this becomes our favorite game of all time, we'll seek out these other expansions. Yes. But it just seemed like for 200 and whatever bucks, I think we're going to have like a lot of game gloomhaven amount of fun yes. with this game, I think. I really do. And it looks so good from what I can tell. Like just the quality looks amazing. I do always look to it like if this if they say this has got about 90 hours of gameplay and it's how much 200 and it's like 250 bucks, 250 bucks. If you think about, you know, going out to dinner or like what you would spend in an evening. Oh, yeah. It does even out. Oh, for right. sure. You get right. more, yes. you get more worth out of this because then you can go back to it over and over and over and over and over again. So yes, and I don't think I mentioned it, but this is from Steam Forged Games. Um, yeah, the same people that gave us the Dark Souls games. So again, I, I'm, I'm believing that this is going to be very good, considering I think how I thought how good the Dark Souls game was, um, and just everything I'm seeing on here, the quality looks amazing, and uh, yeah, I love the video game. So I think this is a, yeah, this is a slam dunk. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to do. Uh, that's so weird that, that I'm still getting bugged about this entry level pledge. What is this thing? $89 or 75 euros. Well, it's just includes weeping peninsula standalone expansion, 20 plus hour replayable campaign. So is this its own little campaign? Sounds like it. Yeah. Weird. So it's just a tiny little tiny but it's still 20 hours so this is a <laughs> you know i know but it, this is such a weird thing where it's like so they're this the small the smallest pledge isn't the core box it's one of the expansions but you can just play that expansion because it's, it's a standalone own. yeah so this might be like if you can't if you maybe that's a good thing though if you i know but it's just it, it is it is weird, weird. it's hard to wrap the brain around it but that'd be good for you know if you can't afford the the core pledge. This is yeah, like half the standalone price. Standalone expansion, twenty plus hour replayable campaign, twenty minis, five hundred cards, forty five modular hex tiles, a hundred tokens, yeah, like four the, ringbound quest books, and four tarnished dash dashboards and a rule book. That's still a ton of stuff. So I mean, yeah, I think that's still good quality. And and then if you, I think it could be the same as this, right? Because like, us, if you play that and you end up, it ends up being I your favorite game. So. You could seek out the other stuff. But, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's still a little odd, but... Weird. But, yeah, no, looks good. So, that is Elden Ring, the board game, which I said is only on Kickstarter for four more days. So, yeah. after you're hearing this uh, episode, this might be done, or it might have or a day or two you've left. Hopefully you listen to it sooner. Yeah, <laughs> if you listen to this on Monday, or, you know, uh, you'll have a couple of days left to go take a look at this. But it looks really, really good. It's expensive, but if you're an Elden Ring fan, yeah. I think this is uh, this is probably worth your while. 
So I think that is about it for the crowdfunding segment because we have a review to do and we are going to do that right after this. Meeples and Milkshakes is a great place for all sorts of gaming fun. They offer a stay and play library with over 500 games, yummy eats like delicious milkshakes, tasty treats, and scrumptious sandwiches all made in house. And they host a board game meetup every Wednesday and Friday at 7pm. Not only does Meeples and Milkshakes have a wide variety of games to purchase in store, they also have an extensive catalogue of games available online at meeples.ca. Their easy-to-navigate web store features new arrivals and restock sections, which are being constantly updated. Looking for the new hotness? Check out their pre-order pages. That's right, there are multiple pages of pre-orders with hundreds of titles to choose from. Oh yeah, they also ship across Canada. Check out Meeples and Milkshakes and their friendly, knowledgeable staff in person at 130 Westminster Avenue West in Penticton, BC, or online at meeples.ca. Alrighty then, here we are at our final segment of the episode where we are going to be doing another Meeple Dungeon review. review. And what are we reviewing today, Anna-Marie? We are reviewing Weather Machine, designed by Vital Lacerda, art by Ian O'Toole, and published by Eagle Griffin Games. Yep, Weather Machine. This is our very first Lacerda game yes. in our collection. And I think this is the first full-blown Lacerda game I've ever played. Yeah, I think that's what we came to the conclusion, yeah. was that you had played none. None. Where I'd only I'd played three or four of them. Yeah. But yeah, this... Oh my goodness, Weather Machine. This is something else, this one. <laughs> so this is like way on the heavy end of gaming, right? Yes. So this, I think on BGG it's like a 4.6 or something yeah, like 4. that. Yeah, 4.43. 4.43. So pretty, yeah. pretty heavy. <laughs> so, yeah, people know uh, Vital Lacerda. He makes designs, unbelievable board, ga board games, but they are on the heavy end, all of them. They're just, he's just very intricate and very yep. crunchy and very uh, ridiculous <laughs> in his game designs. But yeah, this one is cool. This one had a cool theme that yeah. we were really interested in. So we're like, yeah, well, you know what? Let's If we're going to get, into playing some of the sort of stuff theme helps me in particular for sure uh play games uh so do we want yeah let's let's tell them a little bit about the theme you have you have something to read there i do okay hold on guys it's a bit long which you know kind of makes sense being for you know lacerda but <laughs> natural disasters will soon be a thing of the past proclaimed professor seni latif project chief of meteorological manipulation at lightning technologies Tests of his new invention, the weather machine, showed positive results. Visions of quelling floods, subduing cyclones, and ending droughts made him smile. In Weather Machine, you are scientists on Professor Latif's team tampering with control of local weather, adjusting rainfall for farms, maintaining wind and clear skies for ecological energy sources, and tweaking the temperature for resorts or sporting events. The prototype is quite effective so far. However, a pattern has emerged, revealing a worrying side effect. Each use of the weather machine also alters the conditions elsewhere on the planet. A butterfly effect. Professor Latif's dreams of eliminating cl uh, climatic, sorry, Professor Latif's dreams of eliminating climatic catastrophes quickly evolve into nightmares of ending humankind. Each test causes worse side effects. One day, the professor bursts into the lab with resolve in his eye, followed immediately by stone-faced stoics in suits. Government officials have accepted the urgent nature of the situation, as well as the fact that only Professor Latif's team might fix the very problem he has stirred up. We must build a new prototype, he announces, as the agents shoot him sidelong glances. But this time, we're going to get it right. The agents silently give a single crisp nod of confirmation. The government is funding this, and we will succeed. As Professor Latif explains the plan, the need to secure suppliers for sufficient bots and chemicals is clear. In addition to the materials, time is of the essence. You must be focused and efficient to have any hope of reining in his growing global terror, Earth's atmosphere, before conditions are too harsh for Homo sapiens and countless other species of all biomes. 
At this point, Professor Seni Lateef will be remembered as a mad but brilliant scientist for as long as humanity survives. But you could go down in history as the savior of the world. That was a mouthful. Right. That was a mouthful. Sorry. <laughs> so, but it really does paint an entire yeah, picture of what the heck you're doing yeah. in this game. I couldn't have explained that any better than that. It's That's the theme. <laughs> you're, uh, yeah, you're, you're trying, trying to, fix to fix the weather the machine that you are that doesn't really work yeah that you thought worked and it screwed <laughs> everything up yes so that's the theme and so how does this game work okay so i'm not i'm not going to explain every little thing to do with this game because there is so many things going on in this game i'm going to give you a general yep. idea of how this works but that's about it because we will be here forever if I am to explain this. And it might not even come across yeah. properly, right? So this is a game that you need to have in front of you. Um, and you need to see the things moving around to really get the full idea. But I'm going to give you... I'm going to paint this best picture I can. Um, but not giving you every detail out there, okay? So the, there's, there's two main things to this game. There's the main board and then your player boards. The main board is are divided into five main areas. There's the supply... There's the government section. There's Latif's uh, like laboratory, yeah, which the houses the actual weather machine. Then there's the research and development area. And then there's Latif's little office. Yes. And that those are the five main areas. The little office of Latif's is rarely coming into play in this game. So the, the bulk of the gameplay is going to be in the other four areas. And then we have our player boards. And that's kind of like your workshop. I think is kind of how it's expressed. And in that, on that, on your player board, you're going to have mm, a few certain areas here. So you're going to have in the top left area, or I guess the most left area of your player board is your conveyor belt that has a bunch of bots. Uh, robots. Like robots. And yeah. these robots are going to go do the work for you. Then you're going to have uh, kind of your resources that are on one, two, three, four, five different tracks. There's kind of uh, supply boxes. Um, it's like one of them is represented with a guy with a hat. Yeah, we, really... we just call them hats. That's the government government yeah. uh, <laughs> resource. Then there's uh, like flasks, beakers. beakers, and then like blueprints, and then just straight up science, which is like a wild yeah. um, resource, resource you can use. And then uh, beside that is kind of where you're doing your research and where you're going to be placing down uh, research that you get. And you're going to be, um, how, do, how does it say, uh, putting out papers? Publishing. Publishing papers yeah. kind of in this area. And then furthermore to the right is your kind of storage for your chemicals, your gears, your robots. Yes. And that is generally it. So how does this work? Okay. <laughs> here we go Bear folks. With me here uh you are going to have your scientist and they're they're going to start the game in the supply area and before the game even starts in turn order depending how you figure that out you're all going to have a pre-game uh supply turn where you can spend your supply boxes resource to do several different things you can buy chemicals which are represented by these little uh canisters of one two three four five colors uh you can buy more storage areas which is adding kind of uh, tiles tiles to the to your board just expanding your board out yeah they kind of allow you to put um put your robots down so that you can play them out they allow you to house the chemicals so if you have you know certain colors together you can put them there yeah and your gears and your gears and then you can also buy more robots. So you can, like I said, in that left-hand side of your board, you can kind of unlock robots to, to put into your storage area that you can then put out onto the main board. And then there's also purchasing the changing of turn order, which hasn't really come into play that much at all. So that's what you can do down there. So once everyone's gone through and they've purchased a bunch of things, they bought some starting uh, robots and some starting chemicals and maybe added some extra storage, then the game starts. And in turn order... You do, it's very simply laid out. Yes. Okay. It's very simply laid out. There's a lot of options, but you'd still do just follow the steps and they lay it out really nicely for you on your game board. So the first thing you would do is this in the leftmost side of your player board is you would have this, this section where you would have collected some uh, tiles. 
Um, they're government subsidies, I think yeah, is what those are. You're gonna collect you're gonna collect these chits or tiles or whatever you want to call them through the game and but on your first turn you won't have any. Yeah. But on your second turn you'd have these couple options you can do with these things, flipping them over or spending them and whatnot. Then you would go out and you would move your scientist. So you have to move it the scientist from one spot to another. You can't stay where you were. Yeah, you can't stay in the same location. Yeah, so you'd have to go to one of the other locations. Say because you start off in the supply area, you'd have to either move to the government section, the laboratory, the R&D. You'd have to move to one of these three. Because you can't actually go to Latif's office. Only, Only Latif can, because can go there's to his actually office. a Latif uh, meeple on the board and he moves around depending on where you go. So you're going to go to one of these three options. If you go to the uh, government option, you're going to have several things you can do. And I should preface that each one of these places has two different actions you can take yes. at them. You can either do the left side actions or the right side actions, or maybe both, depending on your resources you have um, and what where spots you are place. Available. Yeah, what, what uh, worker placement spots are available. Because... Only some of them allow you to do both. Or actually, yes. one. So in, in one all in each, three of those yeah. areas, there's only one worker placement option that if you go to it, will allow you to do both actions. If you go to one of the other two um, worker placement spots, you can only do one or the other. Yes. So you're either, again, you're going to do one or the other or both. Chances are early in the game, you're only doing one. A lot yeah. of times the the second half, of, like the, the right-hand side action um, you can't really do early on in the game. You yeah. need to have gained a few things first. In... It's the more intricate of the yeah. two. The, yeah. yeah, it seems like the left side action is the more basic yeah. action for that spot. And the right side is the more yeah next level sort yeah. of thing. So you go there and you're going to do a few things in the government section. You're going to uh, collect those um, those the tiles, the subsidies I was talking about earlier. So you could go there and you could... Uh, Depending on your resources, you're going to pay some resources. And depending on how many robots you have, you're going to place a robot and a gear in this particular section. So everything you do depends on what you have available. So and when I say these things, just pretend you actually have what you need. Because you're like you're not going to, half the time, have what you need. And you're going to have to go get it to go back there to do the thing that you want to do to hopefully yeah. move something down the line. Yeah. They, it's very intricate. <laughs> when when I said in here in their little blurb, it said, the need to secure suppliers for sufficient bots and chemicals is clear. That is accurate. You need robots for like you almost do. everything. <laughs> so just every time I say that this is what you do, you have to assume that you have what you need in this area. So in, in the government spot, you're going to need some robots and you're going to need some gears. Yes. And you're going to have to match up colors of gears to where you place your robot and you're going to gain a tile and you're going to put that tile onto your the left-hand side of your board to be used later on. And you're also going to now position yourself to get some more points with robots later on. And then you're also ultimately gaining one of the research books. And yes. these are the most important parts of the game. And I'll just say the research books in each of those three locations, the government, the laboratory, and the R&D, um, there are five different symbols, five different kind of weather types yes. um, on on the books. And so in essence, you're trying to get sets of three so you're trying to get like say all snowflakes and you can only get one from each location yeah. you can't get multiples from the same place nope. so you know if you go to this the government and you get a snowflake chances are you're going to want to try to get a snowflake from um you know the you're laboratory wanting to do that and yeah and the and the r d so you have yeah. to you have to try to plan where you're going so that you can plan for getting to get the one similar of each ones from each location yeah. because then you line those up on your board and you're going to do something with them later on. Yeah. So yeah, you're wanting to go to these three different locations to grab. Ultimately, you're trying to get these research papers yes. so that you can do a big publishing thing later on. So that's what you're going to do there is hopefully uh, grab yourself a tile, lay down a robot and a gear and grab yourself some a research. research tile <laughs> and that's about it. Then there's a more uh intricate intricate thing you can do with collecting a couple or, or up or you're basically it? increasing your 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 uh resources yeah in a couple different spots as well as gaining an instant bonus depending on where yeah. you choose and what you have on hand okay so that's kind of how the government works is 
getting resources, it's getting tiles, yeah. getting a book, laying down some robots and gears. Then over in the uh, the lab is where, so this is Latif's lab, where it's actually got the actual housing of the actual weather machine. Yeah. And there's, uh, uh, inside there is his uh, assistant. And he's a robot, this big four-armed robot uh, <laughs> looking guy. It kind of looks like Bender. Yeah. Um, he does look like Bender. He's moving around from each one of these uh, different stacks. There's kind of the five stacks that run the five different it's got um, the five different weather types. Weather types, yeah. And there, there's a bunch of things going on. And he's going to be at the base of one of those every turn, uh, attempting to fire up the weather machine to see if you can... Try and fix it, try fix to fire it, it up. Right, make yeah. it work. So if you go into this location, again, you can either take one of the, uh, the multiple... The, or one of the... The uh, left action or the right action. <laughs> yeah, or both. But generally you're generally, you're going to be doing one... And in this place, you're going to be spending some of your beaker uh, resources resources to lay down a, a robot again into one of these areas, uh, one of those kind of columns or stacks of the, the different areas of the weather machine. And you're going to be spending some chemicals in here. And you're going to be, again, trying to get your hands on these research papers. This is an interesting section because in the other two sections, as soon as you satisfy, um, you know, your your action, your turn, you get to take one of the research papers. But in this, in the weather machine section, in the laboratory, you don't get to collect that uh, research paper until the weather machine itself fires up and is and works successful, and is successful. Uh, like fire up right it yeah. actually works and the only way that works is if every part of that stack say the sun uh stack which is the center column of the weather machine has a robot at every station yeah and the assistant is also at that station and there's a specific sun tile that's laid out at the board <laughs> at that time and yes there's <laughs> these tiles that come onto the board through the game there's always three available at the top and as long as yeah as long as there's robots in every station of the the station that the, the assistant column, is yeah. at and it matches one of the tiles laid out at the top um of the weather machine then you will have a successful fire up of that machine and only then and then and you if get you had one paper. of your robots <laughs> involved in that you will get the paper that you really need from this game and you'll be able to add it to your uh, yes your publications and that's kind of how that one works. There's also a more intricate one where you actually publish your papers. So if yeah. at one point in the game you actually have three of your papers, right? You got one from uh, the government, yeah. one from the laboratory, and one from the research and development, and you've laid them out properly, you're going to be able to publish a paper because you've done so much research. Yes. And if you go to the uh, this section yep. of the board and do the right side action, you are going to be able to do that so you'd, you'd have to make sure you had those three papers and then you are going to how are you going to do this so you're gonna you're gonna get those uh you have the the three paper or the three different research then you have a little uh a little chit on your um on your board you're going to move over you're going to get a resource um for doing that and then you get uh you get certain points if you've yeah you get to, the first off you get to unlock that um, specific like if i got all three water i would get to unlock the water research mm -hmm. token it and would... what that represents is that further from now on anyone can use that research it's, it's called like citing yeah citing, citing your your, uh, your research yeah but citing your like publication I would cite your yes. work in my paper yeah right it, that's going to help you in the r d and the research and development section yes yeah but if you're the first person to to publish say on on water i would unlock the water one and i would get get some uh, points get some points i'd have to pay a science get some points and then um and then i also get a little chit that will allow me to do something on my board later on yes for game end scoring and, and stuff like that won't get into detail on it but yeah and that's kind of your second option for there and then you'd go, your third option is going over to the uh, R&D section of the board. And the leftmost action of that one is pretty straightforward. Well, it is straightforward. <laughs> it is straightforward for a Lacerda game. So you are going to yeah take 
one of the worker placement spots and you are going to pay some resources to go here you're going to place down a robot onto a spot that you really want to go to that's above again the research papers that you want to collect and you're going to have to pay a, a chemical but now the chemical that you pay doesn't go back to the supply it actually stays on the board so now mm -hmm. that chemical is now removed from the game and as the chemical market yeah for that chemical more expensive because there's only five of each chemical available there's two that cost you one two that cost you two and one that costs you three resources yeah. to purchase down the road so once a green chemical comes off the board into this part of the area now there's only four left and you always buy them from least expensive to most expensive so if two of those are now gone out of the game now the cheapest green one is going to be a it's going to cost you two resources yeah. right so you're going to lay those out onto the onto that section you're going to place your robot and beside it the chemical that you need and then you're going to get the bonus that's underneath that spot where your mm -hmm. robot is and then you're going to collect your paper and you're going to take that paper and put it on your board <laughs> yes that's the that's the left side of the action yes then the rightmost side of that action is kind of the the last thing that you're going to be doing in this game as far as actions go uh, the only way you're able to even trigger this one is if you were able to do the rightmost. If you've published action, a paper. Yeah, from the weather machine area where you published the paper. So if you can satisfy that, that you've published your paper, you can do this action. And if you do that action, then you get to do a whole very. It's kind of like putting <laughs> your your paper into actual physical like research and trying it out. Yes, it's uh, this is a theoretical uh there's a, you're, I forget what the word they use for it, but this area is, uh, you're basically doing an experiment yeah. um, in this area. And so you're going to be uh, placing out robots and gears in places where you don't have robots to, to make the experiment go through. And if you do do this successfully, you'll end up getting an award for having ex like an award uh, for a, a successful experiment yes. um, that's actually helping the world or whatever. And you're going to get this special golden award tile, which can be used in your uh, publication area. Kind of like a wild. Yeah. It kind of becomes a wild token that you can put in between and, and use. And so those are the main things you can do in this game. <laughs> There's, I don't want to go too much further no. because it, it's, it's super complicated. Yeah. And I don't think I can explain it much better than that. There's also the supply area. You can keep going back to the supply area and buying those chemicals and buying robots and more storage and changing turn order. And then there's also Latif's office. So as Latif moves around the board, he's going to end up in his office. And he moves around the board by going to that location where he is, bumps him out to the next location. And he's yes. going to move from one, two, three, four to five where his office is. And if he's in his office at the end of the round, you're going to get income. Income. And, and so for every robot that you've moved off to the assembly line, there's a certain icon beside that robot where he was, the robot was sitting. You're going to get that income. It doesn't fire be, often. So you don't no. get a ton of income in the game. Only maybe a couple <laughs> times do you get this income. Yeah. And that's about it. You're going to do this over and over and over again until all the top, there's, there's about four different ways this can trigger. Basically, if any one area has is fully loaded with robots, that triggers the end of the game. Or in the weather machine area, if you've laid out every one of the tiles that gets, uh, one goes out every round. Yeah. If you've laid out the last one, you do that one final round and that's it. And also if someone has collected the Nobel Prize, so the Nobel Prize is a big token you can win in this game if you get three awards for publications, which to me is, I don't know how you do it. No. <laughs> you have to get three golden awards. for so Basically, you'd have to have nine uh, papers. Yeah. You know, for a total of three publications. And done. not just nine papers, but nine papers in a row, like three in a row. Yeah, it seems that crazy to me. Three, yeah. So if you're able to able to successfully get the Nobel prize you trigger the end of game as well yeah and then it's really cool because the there's not a lot more to it so wherever you're at on the track you combine that with some end of game scoring tokens that you're going to have collected along the way mm -hmm. which generally come from those tokens we were talking about grabbing from the government area you're going to be able to kind of transform those into end of game scoring yep. tokens in a, in a kind of weird way 
Um, so you're going to have a little bit of end of game scoring tokens. You're also going to have where you are on these certain tracks. So above each one of those spots, the government, the uh, weather machine, weather machine, and the R and D are tracks. And on those tracks, you are going to go up every time you go and do an action in one of these areas. You're going to go up on the track that that corresponds with that area, and they're yeah. going to give you bonuses along the uh, along the way of the game itself. But then at the end of the game, there's also uh, points above those so wherever you are on those tracks you can get some points yeah so there's end of game scoring points there's the track points and then there is there are points you get from the research when you've completed an entire uh, but when that's you basically... not end of game oh that's never when you mind publish a paper i take it back <laughs> when you publish a paper depending on what tiles you have in place what which of those research papers you got you're going to get points for those. right but that's not end of the game um so, so you have your final, wherever you are on the on the main uh, score track, mm-hmm. plus your end of game scoring tokens, plus where your, you are on those tracks. where you are on the tracks, plus only the Nobel Prize, right? And that's it. And then whatever your final score is, right there, that's your final score. There's yes. nothing more to it. And if the cool thing too, again, is that each of the end of game scoring tokens are all equal. Yeah. So there's not like you have one that's worth ten and I have one that's worth three. Yeah, they're there, all if worth you five. successfully finish an end of game scoring it's five points yeah and so is the uh Nobel Nobel prize it's five points and it's interesting too because every player is going to have different end of game scoring options Mm -hmm. they're all similar but they're all different and they've got um so like i'll have a different set of nine you'll have a different set of nine yeah and then you just have to see if if you get there you know that kind of thing yeah, the at the beginning of the game, I didn't mention it, but there are four different groups of end of game scoring tokens, and like she said, there's uh, there's nine each of these four different groups, and they're slightly different from each other, but they're generally very similar. Uh, but they are different. Yeah, and like, there is a variant for this game where you can go and draft those out at the beginning of the game, but I think that sounds crazy and too long. Yeah. <laughs> so you just grab one of the stacks. There's they're represented by a shape. There's a cross, a square, a circle, and a triangle. You grab all nine that correspond with that, and then you just and see just what go you can to do town. with that. Yep. And I think that's about it yeah. in a general idea. That's there's, a very general. There's and a very lot good. more happening here, but it's just not. It's not worth. My time or your yeah. time for me to <laughs> explain all those intricacies. So, that being said, um, I'm going to switch things up a little bit sure. here. So, I think we should go straight into the rule book here. Yes. So, we've talked about the theme. We've talked about how this game works generally. Um, this is a Lacerda. It's nuts. The game is it's very difficult uh, to learn and to play. But, uh, so the rule book. I read a bit of the rule book and I was like, oh my goodness. Like I was getting overwhelmed and it said, it even says in the rule book, too much or whatever. Click on this link and you can learn how to play it through a video. And it was through gaming rules. And so I watched the learn to play on there and it was fantastic. Did the setup and it did a general look through it every single action and how it worked and and how the game order kind of worked and that was fine like it really helped me set the game up and get an understanding of yeah. how the game's supposed to play but then i went and watched the before you play video uh, where they did a full-on playthrough mm-hmm. and i watched two three four rounds of them to do a playthrough and that really really helped me uh be able to teach this game which you did a very good job of I, mu- I must say <laughs> considering this is the first time i've ever had to learn and teach a lacerda game yeah. before everyone else has always learned it and taught me yeah so this is the first time <laughs> i've ever done that so the i think the rule book is as good as a rule book can be for this type of game it seemed to be really good when we had to go back and yeah, like check that's the, things that's the thing we did reference it a lot yeah. as we were playing and it is fine but just overall i'd still recommend doing the video and so do they so yeah. they recommend watch the video and then use the use the book as reference so yeah uh, so overall, yeah, rulebook I think was fine combined with the video, um, considering how heavy uh, this game was. So thumbs up for that. Yeah. <laughs> because I was able actually to figure it out. Yes. Um, so let's talk about the theme. Revisit the theme. Does the theme lend well to this game? Yes. It's such an interesting theme. And I think just with how intricate this board is and how like everything that's 
you're just immersed in it, I think. Yeah. Kind of like the whole time. I, I, yeah. For Lacerda games, theme usually isn't um, bursting through. And even this one, I don't feel as like, well, no, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence. I, I, it's very good theme. Like this theme helped me be interested in this game and what we were doing, trying to fire up the machine and trying to change the weather. And I liked it a lot. Yeah. I liked the theme. So theme was great. Um, let's talk about artwork. Ian O'Toole. Fantastic. Unbelievable. Busy. It's a, Very busy, but, but it's it gorgeous. But it makes sense, and it's gorgeous. And there's still things that I'm I'm looking at that I didn't see before. So. No. Yeah, the main board's amazing. <laughs> the artwork for the cover box is really yeah. good. Very nice. Um, but yes, it's great. Really, really great. Love the artwork. Components. I'm going to say, too, on the artwork, I don't know if it's in the same category. The iconography is really yeah, good. I would say iconography is in that same kind of I, boat. I think they've done a very good job of, um, once you grasp what's going on, the iconography really helps to, okay, on this oh, side, goodness, I'm yes. doing this, then I'm doing this, then this, then this, then this, then this. Those are the five things I do yeah. on my turn, and I'm done. Yeah, I agree. Iconography helped tremendously yeah. to figure this one out. And the components are fantastic. Yes, um, they're great. Dual layer player boards where everything kind of sits where it should. Yes, and um, they weren't fiddly, really. No. Like, like I, yeah, they were deep enough where things just kind of stuck in their place, and mm -hmm. I really liked that. The meeples themselves, like the Latif meeples, really nice. The Professor meeples are nice. All the little robots yeah. are cute. Um, the we got a few extra things, so we added in the metal gears. Yes, it was the upgrade the cardboard, pack, and they're really nice. Yeah, and the Nobel Prize as well was switched out from cardboard to metal. We haven't won it yet, nope. but it's there. Nobody's won that, but it's there. <laughs> and it also comes with trays, so like for putting it away, there's trays. There's actually a, a little paper that came in it to show you where to put everything uh, when you're putting it back into the trays, rather than in the little baggies and stuff, and. Uh, the board is good quality. All the uh, cardboard chits and tiles are are great. Yeah. I really love the little robots. I think they're the, the best part of they're it. They're fantastic. Yeah. And they're all screen printed as well on the robots and and uh, the professors and things. Yeah. So, yeah, components really good. Everything quality is really good here. So, I guess it comes down to whether or not we recommend this game. And if we do, who for... <laughs> um, I think I, we can say we recommend it definitely for sure but it's not for everybody this was a tall 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 order yep. we just finished so we played it four player and two player yes we just finished before our recording here playing our first like full full two player game we've we've dabbled in the game uh, but we just did our full uh, actual two player game of it and I don't know about you but I liked it better at two Yes, I think I think I did too right now, um, just because after uh, it, the, the turns came around quicker, yeah, which was back nice. And forth, right? Um, one thing that I think is different is that the um, well, they've they've got a really good mechanism in the weather machine because the robots fill up. So because with a four player game, mm -hmm. you're trying to go there, but. Um, with a two-player game, you couldn't possibly fill everything up on your own. So they've got these robots that fill it in. Um, but yeah, the turn order goes faster with the two. I think yeah. that that could be fine. If you play this game a lot and you play it with people that have played, like a four-player might not be so bad. Mm -hmm. um, but... Yeah, the first four... Well, the first full game we played was with four, with four yeah. of us that had and so that's all before. learning, right? So yeah. I think that once... Um, but there is still downtime. Like even there is. Um, when you're, if you're the, you know, you just have your turn, you are waiting. There's, it's not really, doesn't have the interaction um, with no. the other players' turns. You're just kind of watching and um, you can't totally plan because if they go where you want to go, then you're kind of out of luck. So you have to just yeah. figure it out on the fly. I didn't find that really a problem. Um, if there was always somewhere to go, sometimes it was frustrating because you couldn't really do much. But I think that um, I do like this game and I'm very excited to continue playing it mm -hmm. because I think I like I I haven't scratched the surface of it. No, like I I'm here. still trying to figure out how to get um, like what strategies might work better if if strategies exist. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. Um, I don't so know. I'm really excited to play this quite a bit more to actually unlock some of the stuff that I think that 
that is there because it is a very fun, very interesting game. And yeah, I agree. This game is it's great. Yeah. It's just it's a lot. There's so much going on. Um, like you said, I don't know the strategy yet. They're just kind of doing things and like hoping for the best. Really. Yeah, because I don't find that you're building an engine, but I feel like I'm always out of resources, so I have to figure out how to mm-hmm. get them. And but then I felt like I always had resources, but you still beat me, right? And there's nothing you could do with them sometimes, no. so right? It's like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't it's know. It's hard. What, yeah. This is a very difficult game. It's definitely one of those games where like, if I just had one more turn yep. and maybe five more after that, yep. <laughs> then I could do something. But I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I did too. I, so it's safe to say we recommend it for people that love heavy games because this is very heavy. This is one of the heaviest games I've played in a long, long, long time. Yeah. So if you love heavy games, this is definitely for you. If you want to take a stab, <coughs> pardon me. At playing heavy games like I did, basically, I think this is a great jumping in point because the theme works and it's cute, like robots and things, mm-hmm. you know, like it's not bland like some heavy games can be. So if you're trying to get into grabbing your first like heavy game or first Lacerda game, this might be the one to grab. Yeah. Um, and there, and then it's nice to you because there is that like definitive end game trigger. So like yes. some of them are all dependent on this and dependent on that. But this one, as soon as that last tile plays, yep. that's it. So you know there's like a finite amount of rounds. It's just mm-hmm. if something triggers it before, which we haven't seen yet. It's always nope, been it's the always tiles been the so tile far. Pl- laying out the tiles that ends the game. But it's interesting because there have to be a, like that. There have to be options for that. So I'm curious to see how often, how many times, how many playthroughs it would take to for that to trigger first or for somebody yeah, to know. actually get three Nobel prizes or, or three, know. Uh, you know, really like know. I'm, I'm very interested in that. I'm, I am interested as well. And I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'd like to play it again uh, soon. Um, just to, just to do it and try and figure out a few more things yeah. and maybe improve my score a bit. Which, but yeah, yeah, I liked it, but this is definitely not for everyone. If you don't like heavy games, just steer clear of this because my goodness, it is a tall order. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we're going to call that an episode. So you can find us on Twitter at Meeple Dungeon, uh, YouTube, The Meeple Dungeon. Our email is themeepledungeon at gmail.com. And yeah, that's about it. So I don't know what we're going to do in our next episode because it's an episode 50. Yeah. We've got a few ideas floating around. So it'll be something. Um, different it's not going to be just a review and what we've done here it'll be something a little different so we're not sure exactly what that's going to be but you can find out next week so (laughs) we are going to run and we'll see you next week have a good one cheers have a great week everyone bye-bye